0: Um, Hi, I I needed to say one or two things uh, as well, things that are coming up. Just to let you know, uh, if you've looked at your news sheet and you've noticed that there's someone called Adrian Holloway speaking next week and you think, who's he? Uh, Adrian Holloway is the leading uh, evangelist and equipper of evangelists in the New Frontiers network in the UK, who's asked if he could come and make, or is offered, got in touch and offered to come and speak to us. Uh, And we said, that's a good idea. Yes, please come and do that. He's part of a leadership team of a church that was planted in central London by New Frontiers a few years ago. Christ Church, it's called, and a number of people who, particularly who've been students here in Oxford and been part of us, have gone to them. They've seen about 150 people born again in the last 18 months or so. So we think we've got a little bit to learn from them. And uh, I think it's going to be hugely encouraging, uh, lots of faith and practical wisdom about Uh, How to work with God and what God's doing in the world. So that's what next Sunday is going to be about with Adrian with us. I just want to draw your attention to the flyer that's in the news sheet about a few weeks, a couple of weeks after that, towards the end of the month, when, as part of the European Leaders Conference, uh, two things I really hope uh, are landing in your your thinking. One is that Heidi Baker is with us on the Thursday evening and the Friday morning, and we have special tickets for us as a church. Uh, You can get in. For the evening session on the Thursday, for the Friday morning session, if you can get time off work to come here on the Friday morning, that would be a wise thing to do. Uh, if you've got £20 to spare in your budget, it would be a wise thing to spend that £20 on coming for that Thursday and the Friday morning. If you haven't got £20 in your budget, then uh, God's able to provide 20 quid. So uh, just really want to encourage you because God's spoken uh, clearly prophetically about us as a church connecting with her ministry uh, through somebody We played the recording of the prophetic uh, word last week through someone who did not know that she was coming here. We want to respond to that in faith and I want to invite you to be part of that. Uh, on the Sunday morning, it's an unusual morning as the Sultan-like Light European Leaders Conference continues onto the Sunday morning, but it means that we're going to be joined by loads of people who will help us to have a great time of worship, powerful prophetic ministries uh, in our midst, and some speakers uh, carrying an anointing that may be above what we normally have. Uh, so I just want to encourage you to make sure that you... Don't see the Sunday morning there as something else that's happening, but it's absolutely something that we as a church are invited to be part of, and actually a real privilege for us to have that happening here and to be able to connect with just the strength of God's life that goes on as part of that wonderful Leaders' Conference. Okay, Uh, this morning, could I have the PowerPoint up, please, Jeremy? Um, More about vision this morning. I've not got the clicker this morning, so Jeremy, I just want to say well done to Jeremy as well. Um, i'm afraid that we tipped the balance this morning in terms of pr- being prayerful and spiritual and organized the balance this morning tipped towards being really prayerful we were praying before the meeting as we always do in the other hall and got to gone half 10 and realized we were still praying because it was good to pray and uh, then came in here and realized that no one had sorted the powerpoint out and jeremy has stepped in and sorted us out so well done, jeremy uh, Here we are, our church vision. So speaking this morning again about vision, if you are uh, with us as a guest, as a visitor, then I'm sorry to say that this is not going to be a time of great Bible teaching. What I've got to say is biblical. Actually, it's amazing how often in the Bible you find whole loads of details of what the people of God were about. And sometimes we skip over it and think, what's all that about? Why is that recorded? Well, one of the things that it tells us is that God cares about the nitty-gritty of our lives. And In looking at vision this morning, we're going to be getting down to a bit of that nitty-gritty detail. And uh, I asked God if he might give me a Bible passage in which to base it all. And uh, as I prayed about it, I realised I was just labouring under a kind of legalistic uh, need to read a Bible passage at the beginning. Simon's read us a psalm. I'll refer to the Bible here and there. I'm sorry it's not an expository preach this morning, but it's about what God is calling us to do. So just to remind you, if you weren't here last week, very briefly, what I shared last week about our vision as a church. So our church vision is a big vision. It is. It's coming. There you There we go. Our vision is to follow Jesus in a big way, wholeheartedly. That's what big means. But big also means uh, three things. B, I, and G stand for. B is for building family across the city. There we go. I is for? uh, There we go. There's confusion there. It used to be infecting once upon a time. Uh, It's igniting passion for God and his kingdom. And G is for? Going with good news to students, local communities and beyond. And what we started looking at last week was, well, what does that mean practically for us? This vision that God has given to us uh, clarifies for us and articulates what he's called us particularly as a local church to do, and that's great. But how, how do we do that? So could we move on again? There we go. How are we going to do that? And the key thing is a phrase uh, that is that we are called to be a church of missional communities. For those of you who weren't here last week, that little phrase, missional communities, is something you're going to have to get your heads around as we we explain what that is really about. It's all very well having a grand dream and a grand vision, but you do need to have some idea how to get from A to Z. There, There may be various different ways of getting there, Having a vision to see the greater things that God has in store for this city. It's a great vision. But how exactly are we going to participate in that? How is that going to happen? It's about being a church of missional communities. Let's have the next bit up, please. This definition. What is a missional community? These are groups of people who care for and support one another, who worship Jesus together, pray and read the Bible together. So they're spiritual communities. There are communities where love is known, friendship is experienced. There are also communities who work together with a specific vision of sharing the love of Jesus in specific ways. So, that might be things like a vision to run alpha courses, a vision for reaching out to homeless people, or perhaps a particular local community. These are communities who share the love of Jesus with each other and with other people. And I said last week in outlining that, uh, that what we're not after here is a revolution of throwing all of our existing arrangements in the church up in the air and stuffing them into some new definition and some new framework, but we are, i have the next slide please, after a gradual reshaping, but it's a determined reshaping. And that's why there's a picture of pruning there. I made a mistake with the apple tree in our garden. There's only two jobs that I have to do in our garden. One is that I am asked to mow the lawn, although Bev's a little bit hesitant about that because I don't do it neatly enough. So it's a bit of a difficult thing for her. She can ask me to do it, but then I don't do it well enough. That's a, you know, a lot of you understand that kind of issue. Um, But the other thing that falls to me each year to do, because I planted it, is to prune our apple tree. And uh, I got the apple tree primarily to cast some shade uh, over our patio area because there was no shade and uh, so the first year that I pruned it I pruned all one side of it so that it would all grow over the area that I wanted shading which it then did which was great but then when it got apples on it it fell over because it was imbalanced <laughs> and uh, that was about five years ago it's actually taken some fairly careful pruning uh looking at where things are going to grow over the last five years to get it to the point now where it actually stands up quite with, with it's for the last five years it's had a stake and a rope holding it in place so it doesn't keep falling over i think this year will be okay it didn't fall over last we had a great crop of apples last year hundreds and hundreds of them and it didn't fall over so that's good but uh, so i know a little bit about pruning and it takes a little bit of time what you don't do and I've learned this from experience is you don't just hack things in the most direct way to kind of get what you want you look longer into the future you see where the life and where the growth is and you make changes that are going to take the future growth in the direction that it needs to go so that's the kind of process that we're about and it's not just going to be me speaking this morning a few other people are going to come and talk about what's going on for them as regards missional communities and part of what you'll see is that there's vision for the future but actually questions about how to get there and some of those questions will be solved actually quite quickly but some will take some time to resolve and so some things need to evolve and be allowed to grow and find their shape uh, as things move forward that is pretty much all I want to say by way of recapping last week Uh, I said all of that in a much longer period of time last week along with a few other things like we really do believe that there is room for all of us in this that our pastoral care if anything will be improved as a church in this change uh yeah and probably one or two other things as well it's not all about performance but about opportunity for all of us to grow as well so if you missed last week the talk is online you can find it on the church website if you weren't here last week you also would have missed out on getting a lovely booklet that we handed out and uh, whoever's who's in charge of the stewards this morning oliver could you just make sure that they're being handed out at the door at the end so don't grab one if you've already got one We spent good money on them and uh, just make, no, seriously, grab one if you need one, if you didn't get one last week. Where's Debs? Debs, come here. At this point, we're going to start to delve a little bit more into some detail of what we're talking about. And I think this is a good moment, we need a microphone, uh, at which to hear something that you heard from the Lord in the week. So this is a prophetic thing uh, that we just need to open our hearts to.
1: Um, I had a picture of um, the church being made up of lots of blobs of plasticine. And you know with plasticine, after you've had it in a while, it can go a bit dry and a bit crusty. And it, um, it's harder to move into different shapes. And I felt that um, as we respond to the, the vision stuff that we're talking about, some people were feeling not particularly comfortable about it. Um, maybe a bit cynical or maybe just a bit like, well, that's not really... My my strong area, you know, evangelising and that kind of thing, and I felt that what God was saying was not not only can plasticine be warmed up and become malleable and flexible and able to fit into any kind of mould, but that um kind of God is already working, like He's already got His hand on us and He's already been warming us up unbeknownst to us, kind of behind the scenes, so that if it seems like an intimidating or difficult thing. Actually, God's already at work.
0: Great. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Our Lord, we want to pray that you would continue to have your way amongst us. And uh, we don't want to be cold, that's for sure. Neither do we want to be lukewarm. We pray, uh, even now, that you'd send your fire amongst us. Uh, We need you, Holy Spirit, to warm us up in order to make us Uh, ready to respond to you. Lord, we want to be sensitive to you and respond to you and to have enough flexibility to set ourselves to whatever you call us to. And Lord, forgive us for when we say we can't do it and forget that as Trevor was praying earlier, through your strength, we can do all that you call us to do. So help us, Lord. We receive from you, even in this moment, Lord, we receive strength from your spirit. Lord, we receive grace from your spirit. We receive the warmth of your love. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Details matter. So here are a few details. To do with... Uh, let's just think a little bit about what we've had with community groups for some time. Here are some things that are true about community groups that we have. One thing is that we start community groups, and for this you might want to read youth cells or fusion groups, other things that they have been called at different times. We start them as we need them. So if more people join our church community that, and, and a group gets too big, that's when we start a new community group. They are groups for us. And that is the basis on which they get started. Uh, If they shrink, then we close them down again. But they expand in number and reduce in number according to how many of us that um, we are. So they start as needed by us in the church community. Uh, These groups have one or two leaders. Some are led by single people. Some are led by a couple of single people. Some are led by a married couple. But we have just a couple of people leading a community group. Now, some people have sometimes found that quite a stretch. Have found they've got a little bit burnt out, and have given up on that. And uh, because of the exhaustion that's come about, so it's not uh, something that's easy to do. But in most cases, one or two people have found that they can lead a community group at least for a good period of time. Another thing that's true about them is we each belong to one group. Uh, people don't belong to more than one. Community group because a community group is about where you find friendship. It's your place of relational belonging. And actually to go and belong to another one as well would sort of cast some sort of doubt on the level of friendship in the other one. I mean it's just not in our thinking to belong to more than one group. These groups have met over years on a weekly pattern. It's normally been Thursdays. In the last few years God has broken us out broken us out of that straitjacket. Some groups meet on Tuesdays. <laughs> So some even meet on Wednesdays. It's quite a remarkable thing. Um, but they have met uh, once a week, a regular pattern of meeting week by week by week. If you ask somebody when does your community group meet, the answer will be Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday because it's a weekly thing. Um, and really they're maxed out at about 20 people. If you get that many people in your group, then it's really time to start thinking about whether it should be more than one group. So how might some of those things be different in a missional community? Well, the first thing is that a missional community is started according to vision. It's inspired by vision. Uh, It's a vision that God gives to somebody to say, actually, I think God would have us do something in this part of the city. God would have us do something, say, in the arts that would serve us but reach out to people who care about the arts as well. It's got more definition to it. It comes about out of a dream, out of some of those things that God has put into our hearts. It's not uh, disconnected from the church family. It's all about the church family, but it's coming from a different place. Think of Celebrate Recovery getting going, for example. Some years ago, there was a dream there of providing something for people. Uh, some of you might not know what that is. It's a course that's run here every year that provides a wonderful uh, process of getting free from life's hurts and hang-ups for people. There's a great community of people that run that. came out of a dream. It didn't start just because there was a, too many people in the church and they had to go somewhere. So there's a different dynamic and it's exciting. Uh, Another thing, though, is that a missional community, because it is a step up from a community group, is too much, really, for just one or two people to lead. And so we're going to be looking at leadership teams for each one of these. And a leadership team we're seeing as needing to have a mixture of people with different sorts of gifts. Uh, As a minimum, we're looking at three different sorts of gifts that need to be present in a leadership team for a mission or community. One of these is this visionary bit, saying, What are we about? Someone has to keep sharp on what the visionary bit is, what the particular purpose is. There needs to be someone who is pastorally gifted, not necessarily, in fact, certainly not delivering all of the care. Uh, oh, there's one person that cares for all of us. It's not that kind of a pastoral role, but a pastoral coordination role. Someone who's thinking, living, breathing people. Are we all all right here? And we need someone, at least someone, who's administrative so that things actually happen. That's quite important. Um, if we're all praying, then we don't get a PowerPoint um, And some people are good at thinking about those sorts of things. So what we're looking for is leadership teams with a mixture of gifts that together enable missional communities to be and to do all that they're called to do. Some of you have leadership gifts that are going unused at the moment. And you've not seen a place where you can exercise that leadership gift. The idea of taking on a community group which is a mixture of being pastoral and administrative and so on, has filled you with dread. But actually, being part of a team where there's a more specific role for you to play that contributes to something more significant happening, actually, you're called to connect and get involved. This is an opportunity for people with uh, a willingness to take on responsibility and diverse gifts to step up and be part of something. Um, I don't know quite how to describe this next point briefly. So I've put here belonging and involvement, but that doesn't really communicate what I want to say. Uh, um, There's quite a few people who are struggling with this thing where actually they're saying, I'm quite excited about what a number of different missional communities are planning to do. Do I have to just be involved in one? Can't I be involved in several? I'd like to be involved, say, in a group on Rose Hill, but I don't want to get disconnected from reaching out to the homeless. Do I have to disconnect from that in order to be part of this? And so the answer here is no, you don't. But what we're looking for is for everybody to belong properly in one missional community. And if you've got spare time and energy, then by all means get involved in another one as well, which is a difference to community groups if you've got a passion uh for dean court but actually enjoy playing football too there's no reason why you can't be part of a dean court missional community and part of our all-stars football team but it is important that you know which one is is your primary place there's a danger of kind of running around doing with lots of activity which is not fruitful overall It is not going to be healthy to spend every night of the week in a different activity without connecting with people and making friendships. That's not a fruitful pattern of life, or a healthy one for that matter. So what we are looking for is for all of us to connect somewhere where we've an openness to making new friends and befriending those people that the missional community reaches, but that doesn't stop us being involved in other things. Uh, Whereas community groups have had a weekly pattern, things are going to be a bit more complicated. Typically, what we're seeing emerging with missional communities is monthly patterns of meeting. So the cafe church, uh, cafe talk, sorry, I'll get it right one day, Uh, missional community that that I'm part of, um, our pattern of meeting is more like we do cafe talk once a month, we have a couple of weeks in the month and we have something very much like a community group meeting and... Another time in the month when we'll do something just a bit social, or we'll focus on praying and planning for the next time we do cafe talk. So there's a it's a different kind of thing going on. Sometimes some groups are meeting more than once in a week uh, within some kind of monthly pattern, and so that's why I put an S in brackets after because there are different sorts of patterns, and thinking on a monthly pattern is helping people to see uh, to be to be flexible. In fact. And then lastly then, whereas a community group kind of maxes out at 20 people, what we can see for missional communities is they don't need to max out uh, as a missional community at 20 people, but some of them already have more than that number of people. And what we would see is continuing with the common vision, the purpose, but breaking into several community group (coughs) type groups, which all are committed still to that vision so yes you need the smaller groups in order for people to uh, be able to fit in someone's front room and get to know each other a little bit more uh, but that's possible within one missional community so for example in Marston and Northway there's one missional community but a couple of uh, of smaller groups and that is fine so there's more flexibility there okay I just want to tell the story of what's happened with the students in the church whilst they're not here so no one can contradict me Um, about uh, 18 months ago uh, I began to connect much more strongly with Fusion which is what we call our our student ministry and out of that uh, not at the beginning of this academic year but the one before um, I challenged Russ who's our student uh, worker and said we need to see some change going on where the fusion groups that we have are not gathered around which college you're in or who your mates are particularly, but particular passions that students have, which is really a shift to this missional community model. So that was 18 months ago. We're still in the process as a church, but the student body underwent a revolution and made all the necessary changes in two weeks. I guess the Plasticine remains pliable at the age of 19. and um, They had one week where they had a meeting and they prayed and they listed off what their different passions were uh, that connected with the student world. Uh, The next week, Russ fed that back to them and said, look, there's seven different categories of things here. Who wants to join in with what? And then the following week, they met as those groups. And that was it, and they're away. And they all began with the first seven letters of the alphabet. There's an ACT group focused on social justice. B group, befriending students. C group, creative uh, things. So they do songwriting and painting and that kind of photography and that kind of stuff. Um, so, oh, so the ACT group, for example, I think this was in the booklet last week, have done things like going out on a charity shop crawl and inviting their friends who aren't Christians to join in with them, talking about ethics as they go and how the love of God feeds their love for people. Uh, The Create group uh, have done things like going out and doing uh, photography on uh, Port Meadow with people who aren't Christians wanting to join in and just enjoy seeing how God's creation is a wonderful, wonderful place. Discuss group uh, and eat group. F was for football. G for graduates. The graduates have a vision to see faith and reason interact. Uh, in a way that generally they remain separated in church um, church life, but in in Christians' lives. So that was uh, 80 months ago. This year, uh, all of those groups have kept going, apart from one. The football group, to be honest, never really got off the ground. The other groups have all kept going. Um, Along the way, some of them have changed their vision. So my favourite is when I sat down with the Befriend group at the beginning of October the leaders of that, with Russ and said, so you're the Befriend Group, where are you at? What's your vision? What do you see happening in the next year? Because your group's got a vision for friendship outreach. And they said, well, we're the Befriend Group and our vision is to raise the dead. (laughs) I said, "Ah, you know, that's that's really a very friendly thing to do for dead people. Uh, If you meet some dead people, it would be most friendly to raise them from their dead. Uh, But it's probably a different vision to the one that you had last year. Uh, that's okay, that's all right, uh, go and get on with it. And they've been going out doing what we'd call prophetic evangelism on the streets, going out with her having prayed, got prophetic words, looking for people on the streets to bless with the prophetic ministry and praying for the sick, which is great. Um, another, the D group, the Discuss group, has uh, their leaders last summer, or actually Debbie Glidden in particular, got a vision for Alpha. God spoke to her about Alpha through Russ. Russ said, Debbie Go to an Alpha training conference. She said, that's rubbish. Alpha's rubbish. I don't want to do that. But she went anyway, which is a good attitude, isn't it? And there, God spoke to her and gave her faith to run Alpha amongst students. So the D group for the last uh, term has been preparing to run Alpha. And it started this week. Their venue was um, closed down at the last minute. The chaplain of the college that they were due to start meeting in said, actually, I don't want you here at the last minute so they prayed and reckoned that god would find a venue for them and did and they ended up in the top of coffee republic next to gloucester green and uh there are 11 non-christian guests that came this week uh, they're praying for fi- they've been praying for 15 so they're like that's not quite good enough <laughs> and they're praying for more still to come but it's exciting to start to see this outward shift that's gone on for them bearing fruit and the people that are coming on alpha uh, are friends from all over these different groups and this student alpha course is serving all of them but some of those friends are ready to do alpha because they've been out on port meadow taking photos with a bunch of christians or you know those other things that have gone on have really really helped so there we go that's what's been going on with the students they're in whitney this morning they were out doing prophetic evangelism on the streets of whitney yesterday afternoon i don't know what happened um i trust there were good things we'll hear reports of that in due course um what we want to do now is just hear a little bit about a couple of other things that are happening across the city and i'm going to ask dan if he might come up and tell us a little bit please about rose hill
2: Hello. For those who don't know me, I'm Dan Kirk. My wife is at the back with our second child. Um, She's called Erica and the child's called Thea. Um, So Steve asked me to say a little bit about what uh, we're doing on Rose Hill. And um, I guess, well, there's a picture of something that we're doing. Um, But the truth is we're, we're, it feels like we're at the beginning of something and we're just starting out. We've been running a kids club for about a year and a half now. Angus Started it off, and uh, Alan now leads the group. Maybe Alan's gone out to do some more kids work, but um, it, we've seen a, about eighty or so kids at some point come through, and so we've managed to, you know, had impact, touched a lot of kids. That sounds bad, doesn't it? Sorry. <laughs> uh, we've we've met a lot of kids. <laughs> Let's say that uh, we've met a lot of kids over the time. We we typically get about fifteen to twenty on a kind of uh, fortnightly basis come through and it, it's great we have a lot of fun and uh, we're just looking to see that and grow also at the same time erica and i lead a community group um uh, by which i mean community group as we used to understand it in, in, <laughs> um, um and we're at the same time feeling like there's more for us erica and i are in terms of what we can do in rose hill uh, aside from kids club and you know, we live there. We've lived there for about two and a half years now, and just feel like we're, you know we're not, we didn't, and honestly, we didn't go there with some great sense of purpose, like God was drawing us to do some great work there. But as we've been there, we just sense like there's more for us to do there. Uh, there's a community that's open to open to God and we want to get involved with that and see see what happens. So we've got hopes for what will happen this year. We don't know how that will go, but we hope that in the course of this year we'll see the formation of a a group that's dedicated to reaching that place and we want to see kids club grow from what it is now to something more, you know, there's there's families that we just don't get a chance to visit because well i don't you know lots of reasons but we'd like to see that start and we'd like to see people from that estate come and join us and be with us we want we know that there's a lot of challenges there it's going to require us to change who we are how we meet uh, the kind of things we talk about the way we talk all sorts of you know the way we are now doesn't fit what rose hill needs in honestly so there's all sorts of personal changes and uh, corporate changes and a whole transition to go through to where we want to get to, but we're hopeful that in the course of the year we'll we'll get there or somewhere. Um, so that's about where we're at. Okay. Great. Thanks.
0: So. And. Uh, one of the things I wanted to come out this morning is just the fact that there are, there's vision, but there are ongoing questions as well. So there's questions for, uh, for the community group that Dan and Erica currently lead. Some people in that community group have a vision for Rose Hill, some don't. Some people who have a vision for Rose Hill are in other community groups. So there are questions that individuals are facing as to what to do about that. What we see heading forward is a missional community for Rose Hill where those things line up, where the people that are have a passion to reach out to Rose Hiller, enjoying fellowship together and providing a community into which people from the estate can come and be part. Uh, But it's going to take a bit of time for that to happen and people need to, there are people here now, as I'm saying, say, yes, you know that you need to uh, respond to the leading of God and to line up somehow in all of that. I'm wanting to say, yes, you do need to line up, uh, but not by next week. I mean there's a process of us hearing from God and trusting him that he will lead us all harmoniously forwards. Uh, Sally.
1: Okay,
3: so now I feel like I should introduce myself too. Oh, look, somebody found a photo. Oh, that's nice. Um I'm Sally. Um uh i have three children two of which are up there but uh, that's like three years old or something um and i'm part of the team that leads family fun which runs at the moment it is our toddler group runs in the church weekly um at present uh in the last year or so we've grown to seeing about 25 different families coming along um over half of those are from outside the church which is fantastic um Within that, we've seen a number of different kind of individual communities arise. Um, so there are local mums who've brought their it must be an NCT group. Um, they all seem to come, which is great. There's a lot of um, Japanese mums who come, which is fantastic, and I've actually got a connection with Japan, so I think that's brilliant. Um, and there's a number of other different communities who come along. Sorry. Uh, We try to set quite a calm atmosphere. Um, We want both the mums and the children to be nurtured there. Um, we've just literally started putting on lunch um, for the families who come once a month where there is an opportunity to chat about parenting, parenting issues while children eat and you've got a bit more time to um, pay attention to conversation rather than run after children. And we've invited um, some more mature ladies, wise women to come and help us facilitate those discussions. So that's kind of where we are at the moment, which is quite exciting in itself. Um, So thinking about whether to be a mission or community. So I've been thinking a bit about that. Um, I hope that it will give us a chance to kind of develop the key aspects of family fun. Um, So I've got a couple of Bible verses I wanted to read. So something that I think... That's important is the nurturing aspect. Um, This is from Isaiah 40. And uh, a lot of other mums will recognise this. So, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with her young. Um, And the other aspect um, is... Wisdom. so this is from proverbs there's so many places you could pick things from proverbs this is just one come and listen to my counsel i will share my heart with you and make you wise um yes with wisdom one of the things that i've really felt is that as a parent there are so many different things trying to tell you how to look after your kids when you're pregnant when you're a when they're a baby, as they grow up. So many different, different influences. And um, I, we listen to God for it. And we want to be able to listen to God for the mums that we meet and speak um, God's words into their lives. Um, yeah, something about nurturing is that when you become a family... It's such a big time of readjustment of yourself and redefining who you are. Um, there's an awful lot of discovering that your priorities are not the priority anymore. Uh, there's a baby or toddlers, and actually what they want and what they need comes first. And it's quite hard to kind of grapple with as a person, um, so wanting to kind of speak into them. Um, Kind of some of the hopes that I want to see come out of this is we want to see mums come to know Jesus. We want to see families brought into the church. Um, we want to see children brought up um, with respect. Um, we'd love to see parenting courses happening and journeys courses happening with the families that we reach. Um, on a practical side, so Family Fun meets every week, has a lunch once a month. Um, also, meeting twice a month as a group um, to pray, to read the Bible, to pray for the families that we're meeting, to pray for each other. Um, and this kind of leads me on to the questions that I've got. So some of you may know we've already got uh, two discipleship groups running for mums called Esther Babes, quite a strange name, but uh, they have been really good and uh, we've spent a lot of time kind of trying to dig ourselves deeper into God. So a question I've got is how, how does this relate to what's already taking place? Um, I don't know. Uh, how do people decide that they're going to invest in this or invest in another group? What happens a um, with couples because there's a lot of mums involved but what well, do we want to split couples up them go one way go the other way um, we've got a couple of dads who come to family fun what do we do about them because i'm thinking a lot about mum things um, and another question is who might who might lead this with me um yeah there we go great
0: thank you Again, just wanting to be open about questions. You spent quite a lot of time in the last few months allowing space in lots of one-on-one conversations here and there. So what are the questions that, uh, that, that people have about, these, about this vision and what it means practically? Now, uh, quite a bit of time has gone into that already. So far, we haven't come across any real showstoppers. Any questions that you think, oh dear, uh, that really does scupper things. Uh, what we have are lots of questions about quite how this can work. And I think that in the booklet that was handed out last week and which is available for those of you who weren't here last week at the end this morning, there's a list of uh, five uh, consultation evenings happening in different places around the city. And it's an opportunity to bring those questions and say, well, these are some of the questions that have come up in my mind from where I'm sitting with my vision, with my relationships... Uh, where I'm at spiritually, this is what I am asking. It's an opportunity to, to knock those around, to perhaps offer some answers, uh, or at least to help people keep, to move forward in asking those questions. If you feel you've got a question that's, that is like a real showstopper, like no one's thought about you know, something that's really, really key, um, then please don't hesitate to tell me about that. The sooner uh, I hear that, the better. I think that's probably not going to happen. But if you think you're sitting on it, then, then do come and talk to me. Um, but the question, I wanted to say in several different ways, it's okay to be asking questions about this. Actually, it's taking those, questions to, taking those questions seriously and taking them to God in prayer and taking time to talk about them together that will enable us to make a transition healthily and well so that the people that are visionaries that just want to charge off over the horizon are made to stop and think about the consequences of their actions are the people for whom change is a dirty word uh, are given space in which to process things as well, so that we can all move forward together. All right, uh, Marcus. Good morning.
4: I like your development of your apple tree, and we believe for a good harvest uh, this summer. <laughs> yeah, my name is Marcus. Um, I am uh, worked as a full-time GP partner in London before I came to Oxford, and uh, thank you for the opportunity to be able to share this morning about Alpha. And um, what I'm about to share with you is about to happen at OCC at the centre. Alpha is a course that has been running worldwide for the last 30 years, and. Over 11 million people participated in in the Alpha course. Over 2 million people participated in Alpha alone in the UK. So it is a method of uh, communicating the gospel in a relevant way, a method that is tried and tested. And my wish, desire, and um, which I hopefully uh, can communicate with you this morning, is to start an Alpha course at OCC Center, running from uh, this this Easter, so it would be around the 27th of April, running the Alpha course perpetually um, from OCC between two and three times a year. Big advantage of that would be that you know if you currently know friends with whom you are chatting in terms of Jesus and faith. So this is going to be something, God willing, that is not, you know, going away, but where you can think maybe more long-term, six to twelve months of taking your friends to, if you feel they are ready to uh, attend an Alpha course. Why is Alpha attractive to me? When I came to uh, move to Oxford from London, I lived initially in Besselsley. Does anyone know where Besselsley is? Oh, quite a lot. It's the center of the universe, so it's... uh, (laughs) It's around uh, 30, 35 people off the 420 towards Swindon, four miles out of Oxford. It's a lovely community, which received me extremely well. And um, while I was there, uh, you see, this is, um, part of, was part of my garden in Besselsley in the context of the village uh, summer barbecue. And I put on some Saturday morning brunches, which was very popular with the village. So I came to know, you know each villager quite in- individually and you have the village chairman there over there on the left, um, standing you have the the vicar, you have um you know the builder, my neighbor next door, you have my neighbor, the plumber, and I really started to enjoy the relationships in a relaxed environment where I could share with them Jesus in terms of they were had the courage to ask all the big questions um of you know of their life, you know what about suffering, what about God, what about justice? What about everything else that's going on in the world? And that's the kind of environment that I can envision for the Alpha Course taking place here. That the focus is to love the person who is coming and give them space to ask whatever they want to and to discuss whatever they want to. And um, we still have relationships today. So for me, it is more about the individual person and making them feel welcome and comfortable rather than running a less or so running an efficient course. You know, both go together. But for me, you know, the person building up that relationship with that person is key in order to convey the love of Jesus. What are benefits for you if you think about joining the Alpha, team, Alpha course team? Well, there are several benefits. The first one is, it is a safe place for you to identify and develop your gift. Maybe a number of us are not quite sure you know, what their God-given gift and calling is. Or, you know, you have already an idea, but you look for a context where you could exercise that gift in a safe environment. The Alpha Course team and the Alpha Course is going to provide that environment you are going to be part of a strong team and have fun. So apart from running the Alpha course, I envision that we, um, apart from our outf- output, which would be doing the course, interwoven with that, we um, have times together you know, to meet pastoral needs, to be trained up, to have fun together. So it's hopefully going to be a healthy balance between activity as well as between strengthening each other. It is also an opportunity, looking more long-term now, for the church, for missional communities in the church or ministries in the church to tap into various training opportunities that I hope to facilitate through the Alpha course that are, although Alpha-specific and relevant, but may be of interest to you as well, even if you wouldn't join the team, i.e. public speaking skills, how to do an effective presentation or how to communicate the bible in a very relevant way how to be a good host how to create an atmosphere where people would feel welcome and much more the other huge big advantage would be to see your friends saved obviously and um, that is one of the joys when we we have done with our community group in alpha course um, over a year ago uh, seeing the transformation of people who don't know jesus they ask lots of questions um, spend time together and then accepting jesus in the heart this was um a miracle for me it's so satisfying like hardly anything else if you would like to know more have a coffee or tea after the service and meet me at the welcome table thank you
0: If you have a Bible, please open it at John chapter 1. I just want to read a verse. Uh, John chapter 1 and verse 14 says that the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth and this is this is our jesus this is our lord who left heaven to come and live amongst people yeah. to display what god himself is like yeah. so people no longer need to imagine what god is like people no longer need to speculate uh, and get it kind of mistaken and wrong But Jesus reveals what God is really like. And now the amazing thing for us as believers is that we, as it says in 2 Corinthians, we are being transformed, ongoing process, we are being transformed from glory to glory. It's getting better and better as we become more and more like Jesus. This is what the Christian life is about. It's not only being saved so that our future is secure, it is about that, and that's wonderful, but as well as that, we're being changed, and the change, not because of how good we are, but because of God's determination, is that we're becoming more and more and more and more like him, and so that means that when people see us, it's just a little bit like Jesus coming to them. Just as Jesus came from heaven, lived on the earth, and people saw what God was like, full of grace and truth, as we grow to be like Jesus, when people see us, incredibly, they get a glimpse of what God is like. They do. And my hope and my prayer in all of this is just that God would help us to live out our Christian life amongst people in such a way that they get to see what God is like. That's what it's all about, really. And uh, I wouldn't be leading a move into missional communities unless I believed that it's going to help all of us to become more like Jesus and to live that out before people so that our good deeds will shine before other people. They'll see our good works. They'll give glory to our Father who is in heaven. Uh, But we will grow through all of this. We will grow. It's not just about activity that helps other people, but this is about us uh, following God in a way that enables us to grow and to see the word made flesh amongst students. The word made flesh so people can see it uh, in Dean Court, in Northway, and uh, with Family Fun. Those mums that come to Family Fun and the dads and the grandmums, grandmothers that come as well, they'd actually see... The word of God made flesh in the community that cares for them and speaks God's word to them. So, um, Keith, this may be a surprise to you, but I was told that you had something in mind about how we ought to respond. So I'm hoping you still do.
5: (laughs) When we were worshipping earlier, um, I was very much reminded of... I've been seeing Stuart read from Hebrews 11 this morning and I was in Hebrews 12. Let me just read it to you first and then can I share what's on my heart and where I am this morning. Um, the writer of the Hebrews uh, starts off half of the chapter. Make every effort to live in peace with all men. Uh, without holiness no one will see the Lord. And then reminds they've not come to a mountain. It was the old covenant uh, where there was fire and darkness and gloom. You have come, verse 22, to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God, to thousands of angels in joyful assembly, uh, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. Uh, and all that God has done for us, all that we celebrate in worship this morning is kind of there in what we see. And the writer goes on. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape and they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven. and Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. And I, I felt I was caught this morning between... Here was God reminding us in worship, Here it was here again the scriptures, of all that he has done for us, the amazing provision he's made for us in Jesus, uh, the salvation, the freedom that we have, and the seriousness of the fact that we do not refuse him who speaks. And we're on a journey together, Steve's underlined that this morning, the way he's illustrated it, but I just felt this sense in my heart this morning that actually this wasn't just a well, isn't it a nice little story? Isn't it good God's doing something? And okay, I'm quite happy with all that. It's really good and I'll just sit here. I felt like God was actually saying, see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. And I'm, I'm kind of wary in sharing that because it feels like, you know, here in my step i saying something serious this morning. I and mean, into my own heart I'm grappling with in terms of how I find literally the time to engage better with all that I find myself doing by trying to serve you guys as a pastor in the church, when I also want to be working more into the community beyond that I'm part of. But I know that I know that God is speaking to us, that actually sitting down and continuing to love Jesus in our own kind of cocoon is not enough. And that we have to respond to the God who is calling us this morning to say, this is the journey I've got you on you don't have to arrive tomorrow but you can't sit there and just think it's all very nice and let it go by without affecting you see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks I don't know what that means for each of you this morning in terms of your response in your own heart I don't think it's all about us standing up and going rah rah yam for it but I think there has to be a response in our hearts this morning that says God, I don't know where I am, but at least I'm going to take a step forward into the next bit of what you've got for me. Because I dare not refuse you who's speaking to me. Maybe it would be good for us just to think for a moment about the possibilities. And even if you just want to make some small practical decision in your heart this morning about that bit more that you know you need to be doing, because God has actually just challenged you about that recently, whether it 's being at the group a bit more regularly than you have done, committing yourself to that conversation with somebody you need to have, but in what way you know that there's a you can respond to God this morning to move a step forward in responding to Him because we have come to Mount Zion to the heavenly Jerusalem to an amazing company of angelic hosts, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. We are receiving a kingdom that can't be shaken. We can rejoice and worship God with reverence and awe. Let's see to it that we don't refuse him who's speaking to us. Okay, I just want to
0: say really practically... Um, what I'm really hoping out of this is that lots of us will be at different consultation evenings we've got coming up over the next few weeks. Uh, some of those, they're all based around existing uh, groups. If your group is one of them, that's straightforward for you. If it's not, please look at the list that's in the booklet and make a choice about which ones come along to you so that you can talk things through and we can pray together.